0: 1982, Oregon businessman Phil Champagne dies in a tragic boating accident off Lopez Island. He is survived by one ex-wife, four adult children, an octogenarian mother, and two despondent brothers. Phil didn't know he was dead until he read it in the newspaper. All things considered, he took it rather well. Ten years later, 1992, Washington State restaurateur Harold Stegman, famous for his thick, juicy steaks, is arrested by the United States Secret Service for printing counterfeit $100 bills in a tiny shed in Idaho. In addition to the bogus bills, Tegman has a fraudulently obtained United States passport, a fabricated Cayman Islands driver's license, and Phil Champagne's fingerprints. Aha! A story of fraud, deception, trickery lies, and fine prime rib. Man Overboard, the counterfeit resurrection of Phil Champagne, the 20th anniversary special edition, coming soon, by author Burl Bear, And you can win your very own free copy by listening to this dynamic radio broadcast. Keep listening for more detail. Yes, of course. Burl Bearer. <laughs> I've known a few writers who were rogues and vagabonds. And I'm Roger Moore. I didn't supply the microphone. Live from the gleaming Streamline Studios... The -the state-of-the-art facilities of Outlaw Radio nestled in the comfy hills of Encino, California, where industry and nature work hand-in-hand to create a toxic environment for all mankind. The following program is produced by Magic Man Allen on the Outlaw Radio Network and heard worldwide whether people want to listen or not. I am the legendary Burl Bear. The show is True Crime Uncensored. Hi there, it's Howard Lapidus. Yeah, you know, I've got a question.
1: Yeah, I bet you do. Uh, You know, a a variety of questions, but this one, I think the audience is asking this, and I'm asking on behalf of the audience. Did we start today's show with one
0: full one-minute plug for Man Overboard, your your new book? Well, actually, it was the 20th anniversary edition coming out in 2014. Right. On the anniversary of it being nominated Best True Crime Book at the World Mystery Convention. So you're still still plugging it right now? Yeah, well, it's coming a brand-new edition with tons of bonus material. Because I've been written,
1: the audience writes me... uh, Uh, various letters about trying to temper yourself
0: in in aggrandizing promotion. That's impossible. I am the king of BSP, blatant self-promotion.
1: Okay. Well, uh, Before we get to our guest, seriously, Burl, if you were to change your name, your pen name, that yeah. you write your books under, to Uncle Crazy, yeah, I believe you'll sell more books. <laughs> okay, I'll, write, my, it right I'll
0: write a book under the name Uncle Crazy. I yeah. tell you <laughs> you'll sell more books. <laughs> Meanwhile, in other news, Tyson nice wrench. Hey, how you doing, pal? I'm doing great. I was just actually searching Amazon for a book by Uncle Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> your your story is now on television, right?
2: It is. It is. I'm I officially on IMDb now too, so I guess I've made it.
0: Oh, that has you've made it. So the show is is uh, not screwed, uh, scapped, uh, scalped, uh, forbidden. That uh, is it for, forbidden for bludgeon. For bludgeon. For, for, blundgeoned. for blundgeoned. On, on ID. ID. Yeah. Right. Yep.
2: <laughs> for love, for money, for greed, forbidden.
0: Oh, and that uh, show, uh, of course, it states the program, but they can find it if they look up "Forbidden uh, ID Network." And which which episode is this? How I got uh, screwed by some guy who stole everything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> now that's the that's the subtitle, but uh, <laughs> yes, the uh, the it's called the uh, Forbidden. It is the Prince of Darkness.
0: Oh,
1: is this tomorrow night? Tomorrow, uh,
2: tomorrow it's, it's, it's tomorrow morning on the West Coast. It's uh, there's tomorrow again at ten a.m and then um, that's specific and those on the east coast it's one p.m. and those in between can do the math
0: right uh, in the middle of football yeah perfect timing <laughs> yeah, but perfect. you can watch it on demand and you can download it and all that stuff uh... now we had you on the show for about a half hour uh, i think last month For those people who are not familiar with the story it's uh... it's in a brand new book here we call you our, our favorite victim the <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I,
2: I feel like i'm on the lifetime network well
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> if you just have a gender change it would work for you <laughs> Uh, you, you're our favorite victim because there you were minding your own business. You go on a nice little cruise. You go to South America or someplace. You're on vacation. And while you're gone, one of your best buddies steals your identity and everything else.
2: Yeah, I went online just to pay some credit cards because, you know, those you have to do every month. And uh, all my bank accounts were empty. And I, I just thought the Internet was broken. I couldn't imagine why my bank accounts would be
1: empty. It, but, if, uh, funny, <laughs> funny, Tyson, that happened to me about 20 years ago. I got married. <laughs>
0: I didn't even get to go on the cruise. <laughs> you didn't go walk around the no, dock? No, no. You walked a plank anyway. She took you for a ride. So uh, you discover that your bank accounts have been drained, and uh, this, of course, you find somewhat depressing because you're a hardworking guy.
2: Yeah, so I decided, you know, hey, why don't I, I I'll go home unannounced. Something isn't right, but if, if I tell everybody I'm coming home, then you lose the element of surprise. So I showed up, and uh, sure enough, someone had moved into my house. <laughs> <laughs> they wearing your clothes? <laughs> well, um, you know, fortunately, I'm six foot five, and, uh, and this idiot is uh, about five foot five. So uh, if he was, he was. Uh, but, look uh, but look how tailors.
0: well the suit fits. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> now, when, when you say, Tyson, when you say somebody moved, this guy moves into your house. You open the door, and there's fresh furniture in there, or there's just a guy with a suitcase?
2: Um, no, so, the, well, there were, uh, there, were, there were pizza boxes everywhere. Apparently, he decided to pig out, and um, there were, yeah, there were, there were items of furniture. There were, uh, but, but what was the most weird was all of the clothes in my closet were, were gone, and they were someone else's. Um, and, the, uh, and there was a suitcase. And then, surprisingly, were all the withdrawal receipts from the banks um, and all the credit card receipts. Uh, and I recognized the signature. Uh, it's, it, was, it was my name, but uh, the, the writing of that was that of my best friend of five years.
0: <laughs> oh, what a good friend!
2: Yeah, and, and, and apparently he's diligent with paperwork because he kept all the evidence um, in his suitcase.
1: <laughs> so, and he was out uh, gallivanting around town, didn't know you were there.
2: Yeah, he had had the neighbors because I travel a lot for work, so my na- my neighbors don't really know me. So, but uh, apparently now my neighbors did know me. And uh, somebody else, they knew me as somebody else. Um, I used the, uh, the GPS system in my car to uh, backtrack it. And I actually came across somebody who he had uh, met up with. And I asked if he had seen this car and he said yeah but your, his name was Tyson too and it turns out he had a driver's license that had his photo but my name on it oh, and that's how he was able to get into the <laughs> banks and just take out money and and uh, yeah so we had people over and told everybody it was me and ironically my middle name is Daniel so uh, he just told everybody that he goes by his middle name
1: so, so our friend Daniel was out and about you get home you discover this isn 't right <laughs>
0: so you 're sitting <laughs> yeah, there with the pizza boxes waiting
1: for him when he comes yeah, back yeah, right well, how did you what did you feel the like the pit of your stomach go or have, oh,
2: oh yeah, it was uh, a fetal position for two days <laughs> i mean it was uh, and, well,
1: it, and where was he
2: uh, so he he was when I got back he was not there he was still in Vegas, but I had called him from the home phone, so he got the fantastic uh, Caller ID of, of a seven zero two number and right. and uh, and not a you know the foreign call and so it was just sort of the stuttering uh, are you home and I, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know it's it's kind of the opposite feeling about when you're you're doing something at home that you shouldn't be and somebody walks in the door.
1: Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> but let, let me ask you this, how did you know it was him?
2: Uh, I I recognized the um the, signature? I recognized the 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 uh the signature on the the uh, card and then I looked at the shoes. You know, he was he uh, always wore sort of a high end uh, fashion. It was always, you know, the really expensive shoes and the um you know, the Dolce and Gabbana and the Armani shirts and, and all that crap. And so that's that's what was in there. Um it was all his stuff. I just I am uh I knew I knew immediately uh, that it was him and so you know he said uh he said you know he was at a business lunch and then he'd call me right back and that was the last time I ever heard
0: from him <laughs> I'm so surprised now, but let, let,
1: let's, let's okay, if we don't mind can I roll the clock back 5 years before this when you sure. you met him and you became quote unquote best friends uh who was he when you met him what was he doing and and what uh, what what made the friendship work
2: so he he was part of a big circle of of yes. friends. Um, just you know, at that at that uh, time in in my life, it's you know you just have this giant circle of friends, and you know when you go to the bars, you you know go out, and this is we're talking uh, you know the, the the highly populated sort of San Francisco uh, north uh, east region, and. Um, you know you walk out the street and you sort of know everybody and uh the that that's how we knew each other so it was um it was simply that, and he was probably the one friend in that group uh that he and i were were sort of in the same tax bracket um he had uh, we could go go out to nice dinners and things um shows or whatever and each pay our own way um everything was very even uh, what I didn't know was uh you know how he was getting his money, but there was one one thing I did know is that he had filed a, a claim against a, a wealthy man in San Francisco who um, he claimed had molested him, and apparently he got some money from that. Now it uh, turns out that uh, uh, he he continued to pursue that man, and uh, he had a that the man was a San Francisco multi multi millionaire named Thomas White. He uh, also had the largest house in Puerto Vallarta and was building a school for children. So uh, following that, he and his lawyer, a man named David Replogle, uh, filed a uh, claim in the Mexican courts that Thomas White had molested 22 young boys in in Mexico, and Thomas White was immediately thrown in jail. So... um, there was no trial, no anything. And, and uh, uh, what's really funny is I, I went down to that jail twice um, for the book. And the the thing that was interesting is uh, Thomas White was jailed when he was 67. Um, what nobody bothered to check on was that when he was 64, he was medically uh, uh, deemed impotent. Not even Viagra would work. So it's funny that three years later, uh, he was accused of having a party where he raped uh, 22 boys because, honestly, he couldn't even get it up.
0: So this poor innocent guy is accused. Uh, now, didn't, didn't your buddy pay these 22 uh, youths to lie?
2: It, it came out later that, yes, all 22 boys uh, came forward. They had all been paid. Uh, they had all been uh, put uh, put up in a, a nice place to stay. They'd been given uh, Xboxes and food and drink, and they were living the life. And then then that money came to a stop, and they decided that they were going to tell. So, ironically, the lawyer who brought the case uh, to the court in Mexico uh, with David Rapogal and Danny Garcia, uh, they uh, they were subsequently arrested just a few months ago and charged with extortion. Uh, and, a, and a warrant for Danny and David was also issued uh, for extortion. And bizarrely, they were put in the same jail that Thomas White was put in. No, so Thomas, Thomas had been in there for 10 years, no trial um no evidence of any kind that he had um, molested uh, any children at all and um and then unfortunately uh Mr. White passed away 2 weeks ago uh in prison Aww. and uh, was never uh, uh never never given a chance in his, was,
0: uh, in his late 70s uh
2: yeah he was yep he was uh, 77 right God,
0: what a horrible thing <clears throat> to happen to a nice guy
1: back to back to your your pal Dan mm-hmm. um when you were friends with him, uh, especially the early part of the friendship, and you say you went to shows and everybody paid their own way and had nice dinners and all that, how did you think he was earning money? What did he pass himself off as at that point?
2: So it was a combination of that he had had money, uh, from, obviously from this lawsuit, but also that his parents um had had the patent and invented the core technology behind laser hair removal. Oh. So it's not that's not anything you can really just sort of google and and find out um but because every every one of those machines that was out there um they, they were getting paid for. So, you know, he, he you know who 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 lies about that kind of stuff? He least. did. And, and
1: <laughs> so that's what he told you. He told you he was in the, uh, in the, in the he was the hair to hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He,
2: was, yeah. he was he was hairless. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They but, call uh, him a,
0: a heirloom.
2: <laughs> what's uh, What's really funny is that it turns out that I guess his mom or his dad or somebody worked at the front desk of a laser hair removal clinic. So, Danny was very good at taking a small truth, learning just a little bit about it, and then stretching it into something that made him look like he knew something. Um, one of his cousins' family has a vineyard. So, there's a lot of people I met. Uh, where Danny had told them that his family owns a vineyard and they make all their money from wine. And, and um, you know, he would just have a, a different story. For but him.
0: what he was really doing was ripping people off.
2: Everybody he ripped off was somebody that he um, somehow or other knew or had been friends with.
0: Now, you go to the FBI about this.
2: Yes, yeah, so, uh, uh, and, and the, well, the first people I went to were, were the, the cops. Now, when I got home and all that had happened, I got my money back. The banks, you know, just deemed me, you know, innocent, and they gave me my money back. Wow. As a result, the police wouldn't take a report.
0: No, 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 back up. How, how, why is that? Because the bank was the victim.
2: Because the bank is not <clears> the victim. <throat> okay. So I went after the bank repeatedly, and repeatedly the bank said, you know, Tyson, you got your money back. Why do you keep coming back here? I've never seen anybody so persistent. And then the... um uh, the detectives, I uh, went through three detectives at Metro after being uh, pretty persistent. And finally the third detective said to me, he says, you know, Tyson, uh, we're so busy with, with crimes, Is says, really, we can only focus on crimes where people are, are, are injured. So uh, unfortunately, until someone gets hurt, we can't do anything about H- that. Hang on a
1: second. So, <clears throat> excuse me. If I want to... Um Pardon me. If I want to break into somebody's house while they're on vacation Mm -hmm. and bring my clothes in and my pizza, Mm -hmm. okay, Um, and then live there and and say I'm somebody else as long as I can, Mm -hmm. San Francisco is just the place to do it.
2: Uh, well,
0: it, actually, in this case, it was Las Vegas. Okay, so. close enough. So yep. Las Vegas is <laughs> t- the place to do it. I, I've been through this, Tyson. Uh, my daughter got ripped off for five grand less than you did by someone who pulled a, 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 a scam. And was told I was told the exact same thing by law enforcement, that there is so much of this, we can't go after all of it until somebody gets hurt. Yep, yep,
2: and that is the title of our book. So Until somebody uh, gets hurt. Then yep. someone
0: finally got hurt. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, and, and, uh, and, and in the case of Thomas White, the FBI was called in because what they had done is they had then hacked into his E-Trade account, sold the stock, and actually transferred it to themselves. And in the process, of course, Thomas White's lawyers suddenly rang the bell, and the FBI came in and said, well, this guy's a child molester. We've got other victims. Oh, we need to whoa, whoa,
1: back up. Yep. the <laughs> are, are you kidding me
2: I am not this so but what...
1: he was but but he was he really convicted was he convicted? Was... No, he was never convicted right. he was
2: just in jail in Mexico he never had a trial right
1: so so how can the FBI go
0: because um... they didn't want to be bothered
2: yeah uh, this is uh, according they... to Thomas white and, and his and his folks that was the uh, that was the story they never were prosecuted the money was literally transferred to themselves. And withdrawn, so they were so brazen. This is how it just just kept going. They were they were getting more and more. If you look at all of their crimes uh, throughout this, they got more and more brazen, and nobody was doing anything until 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 someone went missing. (laughs) And then once uh, once uh, there was there was a report of a missing man in in uh, just around Christmas time, two thousand eight. Mister Clifford Lambert uh was reported missing by his best friend and um it was around february of uh 2009 that i got wind of a missing person case that might be tied um i did some research and you know when you read online articles and then right down below there are these uh blogs that people can leave behind and they usually have nothing to do with the story they're either selling amway or they're talking right, about right. Obama agree, or yeah. Satan or something um, well, somebody had written that the last person they saw him with was an Indian male who had a British accent and was well-dressed. And that actually describes Danny's partner in crime, a gentleman named Kushal Narula. And that is actually what the show on, on uh, Discovery ID tomorrow morning is, is about, uh, is, is about Kushal Narula. And, and um, Kushal and Danny uh, were joined in on this. Danny had befriended Cliff Lambert, and had actually um, stayed at his house, and and Cliff is about 74 years old. Um, had a computer and Danny you know agreed to help help him uh help work on it and make it better for him i guess and in that process you know uh Cliff has you know no there's no passwords and 74 year old people generally don't have the the tightest security or you know the password is password and things <laughs> like that <laughs> and um, it's, it's funny
1: cuz my password is 74 year old would anybody get that yeah.
2: well, That's uh, well now we will now we really yeah. <laughs> have (laughs) (laughs) Might want to change that to 75-year-old. But um, the... uh, So in that process, he managed to gain all of the information he needed on Cliff, um, including his alarm code for his house. Um, He also discovered that Cliff had a um, a, a, a dispute over a will in in New York where um, a, a woman had left him some money and the family was disputing that. So Kushal... Uh, pretended to be a lawyer. They went out and got a 914 pay as you go cell phone. Uh, he used that phone to call Cliff Lambert and say that he was the lawyer representing this family and that they had come to a resolution and that he was coming by to sign the paperwork. What they had done was hired a couple of hitmen for a giant sum of $30,000 and. Um, Called Brinks and had the backdoor alarm sensor deactivated because it was "quote unquote" acting up. And uh, in that process, then Kushal shows up as the lawyer, comes to the house, and the uh, he unlocks the back door. The hitmen come in, um, grab a couple of knives out of the butcher block in his own. Kitchen. So this just shows you how uh, how sophisticated uh, of a job it was. Because I don't know if if uh, if I were to ever hire hitmen, I would certainly want them to have weapons before they do the job.
1: (laughs) Well, you know that guaranteed butcher block placement (laughs) is beyond you know the imagination of man. Let me ask you something quickly. And I know you're you're dead smack in the middle of this. No, that's right. But but uh, calling Brinks and saying that the alarm is acting up on the back door, and they just deactivated on that.
2: Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah, you're, you're about to find out that Danny can, can pretty much write any kind of letter and, and cause all kinds of trouble.
1: <laughs> well, our friends at Brinks, uh, <laughs> there's a little liability there somewhere, isn't there?
2: Well, you know, not when you say, I mean, uh, you know, when, when Danny uh, had, um, uh, you know, the after, after the, the murder, Danny had uh, uh, Cliff Lambert's credit cards. And the credit card companies, were, he never used his credit cards. So all of a sudden Danny's charging up this guy's card, twenty five thousand dollars worth of stuff, and throughout the process Amex keeps calling and Danny just changes his voice and says, you know, Oh yeah, that's me, I'm spending my money, I'm old, you know, and, and uh um and they they continue to let him spend. So, um, you know, uh Identity
0: theft is a is a wonderful thing I guess. Yeah, I've
1: been there. Yeah, I'm still back on our friends at Brinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, B R I N K S. I <I've> see their <laughs> trucks everywhere. Um <laughs> They just let the, they just deactivated it and said, come on down. Like they're on, let's make a deal, yeah, yeah. whatever the show is. Yeah.
2: yeah, you know, I mean, you, I mean, you get charged if, you, you know, if, you, if the alarm goes off and the cops come, then, you know, they have to send a security guard and, and you get charged. So, you know, if it's acting up and you, you call in and say, hey, deactivate this, uh, you know, sensor number nine or whatever it was, uh, uh, it's acting up, then, then they do that. So uh, that allowed the hitmen to come in and and basically unnoticed and, and in the process of pulling the knives out of the butcher block they created a bit of a commotion and so cliff got up from where he was sitting with uh, kushal and entered the the kitchen and uh, one of them uh, bear hugged him and uh you know he was screaming like you know what do you guys want what are you doing in my house and uh he pushed uh, pushed him away and the other hit men a gentleman named Miguel Bustamante uh, then took one of the it must have been a paring knife, uh, but he took the <laughs> a what,
0: what, what a, me- a melon scoop. It, Tyson. <laughs> it was
2: a melon, yeah. Tyson. took the paring knife and plunged it into the very back of his neck, right up, right below the skull, yeah. and the blade broke in in his vertebrae. Right, and uh, and then he went down. And then they grabbed a couple more knives, and Miguel just uh, continued to uh... plunge the knife. Uh, in the back, while, uh, while but, but, but Tyson,
1: curdled. Tyson for thirty grand, a plan maybe. Yeah, you know, they they went in and uh,
0: hopefully <laughs> you're, you're you're being critical of the hitmen here. What well, about the poor victim? Well, <laughs> for, we'll get to the victim in a second. <laughs> the victim's dead. I, but
1: but I'm not understanding the, the the Brinks thing. That's beyond me. And then the thirty thousand dollar for thirty thousand, we just show up and hopefully there's a there's <laughs> butcher block, there's yeah. a butcher block or and a melon or scoop, or, yeah. Uh, yeah, some kind of a wrench nearby,
2: <laughs> right? Because from- are brilliant, and um, I
1: want the fifty thousand yes. dollar guy that shows up with the gun. I want James
0: good. Spader. Yeah, yeah. they must—they must,
2: must have got the Groupon version.
0: Yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah that's, funny. <laughs> that's, that's, that's funny. That's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this poor guy gets killed.
2: Yeah. So uh, and uh, and then once he laid there on the floor, Kushal then walks in and he says, "Is it done?" And he's laying there, pretty much just uh, uh, breathing his, his last uh, last breaths. And um, Kushal then orders to pick him clean. And as the district attorney, Lisa De Maria, uh, said in her opening statement, they literally picked him clean like vultures. And they they took the rings off his fingers. They took his watch. They grabbed the wallet uh, out of his out of his pocket. Um, and just uh, literally s- just stripped him, and then they went and stripped his house. They packed up everything. They took his artwork. Um,
1: well, they uh, made it convenient for his family. Hell, the guy's dead. You know, clean it up.
2: Yeah, well, that that is again another thing that's uh, that's uh, strange about this is that uh, you know Cliff had no family left. Um, he was literally the last. So it was he just had a couple of good friends, and the good friends reported him missing later that night when he didn't show up for an event and um uh and of course, you know the, the problem is is that people get reported missing all the time, yeah, they
0: wait seventy two hours before they do anything.
2: Right, but the the friends noticed that there was things around the house that weren't normal. There were cigarettes, and Cliff didn't smoke, and, and there was um, a, you know a glass was on a table without a coaster, and Cliff would never let that
0: happen. And blood very, on the floor, and he would have cleaned that up.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, so, right, exactly. So the um,
0: some spare uh, the, vertebrae also. Yeah, yeah, there that.
2: was yeah there was one one vertebrae yeah. somewhere in a, in place. a corner. Right. But the uh, uh, they came back, you know, another a couple of days later, and uh, all of his silver was laid out on the table, and uh, and then a bunch of things were missing from the house, including his computer. So again, they called the police. Again, there's really nothing. You know, this kind of stuff happens a lot in terms of just people disappearing for a bit. So um, it it wasn't until they actually sold his house. Oh Jesus! They they went and and, um, went and got uh, went to a notary, and David Replogle, the lawyer, uh, portrayed impersonated Cliff Lambert. And then they went with the uh, with an art dealer who was involved in another fraud that we detail in the book. That's pretty crazy, but um, uh, he had uh, they, they did, went to a power of attorney. They did they did a power of attorney and they went to a notary. And uh, to their surprise, the notary asked for thumbprints. Mm. And so they you know they couldn't get up and run, so they did it. And then they decided they needed to take out the notary. And the notary was then uh, uh, called for an emergency signing. Uh, they, uh, uh, they, the notary shows up to this really bad area of town, and, and unbeknownst to him, uh, the uh, the hitmen. Uh, and Kushal are sitting there in a car across and they had hired somebody to attack the notary and especially get the book.
1: Now, was that on top of the 30 grand or did they take care of it in the 30 grand?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think that must have been just a gimme.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so um, fortunately, the uh, notary happened to be stronger than the hitmen <laughs> and didn't give up the book um, and, uh, and, and screamed and it was in the middle of daylight. There there were people all around. Um, finally, the, the the attacker decided that he was going to run, so he runs. The cops get called, but nobody's put two and two together here. Um, the 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 best part of this all was that this notary service has two notaries. So, had they even gotten the book, it would have been the wrong book. So, the again, these guys are just absolute idiots um, in in when it comes to actually doing a crime,
1: Tyson so far we've been talking for nine and a half an hour <laughs> and and that's great and we love having you on the show but in this half hour I have not seen any evidence of any kind of police protection in the system whatsoever I've seen them turn their back on everything going on I've seen our friends at Brinks just lolly da come on in <laughs> the FBI goes oh till someone's dead we're not interested till someone's dead we're not interested or uh, somebody's missing for 72 hours can't go look I've I, I seen and, and these guys our friends here are operating like you know impunity they the, says, next, kill somebody. the next day it's like showing up at nine for work and they break for lunch and go home at five
0: yeah
2: and i, I often fear that my book is actually an instruction book <laughs> yeah i
0: how to do this stuff yeah. i'm hoping i'm, <laughs> hoping, I'm <laughs> hoping
1: i'm buying this
2: damn book but the um uh, uh but there was some law enforcement interaction towards the end um one of the things that had happened was was that uh they had they had uh, ripped off an art dealer the the cfo uh of a major Silicon Valley networking company uh, is, a, is an art collector. And they were selling him a $4 million piece of art that, was, uh, belo- that belonged to the royal family and they wanted to get rid of it. And he did his due diligence. He looked, he saw it was where it was. Um, what he didn't dig deep enough was to find out that it actually was not for sale. But he <laughs> transferred $400,000, 10%, uh, into escrow with an art dealer. And the, uh, the, 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 the painting was to be shipped and, and be authenticated, and then he would transfer the remaining $3.6 million. But the painting never showed up, and it became clear to the CFO that uh, he had been robbed. So he did call the police, and in fact, Kushal was arrested for this fraud. And he was uh, bailed out immediately by David Ruppelgold.
1: Which, which, which police organization uh, chose to step up this time?
2: I believe this is going to be the San Francisco Police Department. Um, we'd been, he's retired now, but uh, uh, we actually got contacted by Detective uh, Ovanesian, who had been pursuing Kushal through this, and uh, the courts continued to let Kushal out. So Kushal was arrested for that. Uh, he also uh, had a he had a little spat with Danny one time, and Danny called the uh, immigration folks because Kushal's visa had expired. He was on a student visa, but he had conned the university so bad that the university <laughs> closed. So his
1: um,
0: hold his- on. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second! Rewind! Rewind!
1: The university closed. Yeah, uh, on this guy's con. Uh, yep. All right, I'm sorry, we got to put a little bookmark in here. <laughs> how how what do they do, how to do, do this? And by the way, Cashall has got the <laughs> I, greatest... know, I feel like a Kathy Griffin episode. I can never really get to the. <laughs> uh, no, we'll get you there, but, but along the way, the, the ride is just wonderful. So, <laughs> so how, how does this guy close down a university? Which one did he close down?
0: Uh, so
2: it's a, it was a uh, it'd been open around thirty years. It was called the New College of San Francisco. It was a private university, and that's actually how Kushal got to America. He got his uh, he got a student visa by going to this school, and this school uh, gave him tuition, food, board, everything. He was on a full ride, um, and he was to them a member of the Nepalese family. He was actually quote unquote the prince of Nepal, and he. <laughs> Um, had promised the university a million-dollar donation uh, from his family, and it was all part so that he could get his student visa and come to the U.S. and all that stuff. And so he had promised it, and um, uh, he had, there's, there's a lot more. He actually uh, went to the dean and, and told them that uh, while he was there, uh, uh, political unrest was happening oh, in Jesus. In this
0: guy's a piece of work.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it gets better. Um, so political unrest was happening, and his, uh, there was a coup in the process, and his sister had been kidnapped, and they were threatening to kill her unless he sent them money. And the university president, out of his own pocket wrote Kushal a big check.
1: Okay. So 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 uh, uh, d- 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 chancellor uh, whatever his name is over there writes a check out of his own pocket. Uh-huh. But how and, much? How about how much?
2: Uh, I think it, I think it was 5000 if I remember my memory uh, it's, it's it's
1: a it's a chunk of money but it's not it's not it's not, not going to close the place down.
2: No, but it definitely put new clothes on Kushal's back.
1: <laughs> By the way, Kushal the, the greatest name for an international criminal ever.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um so uh um and we and as a nickname in our little we call him Cashy. <laughs> <laughs> well that's uh,
0: so, but how does he bring down this university? What is he uh law? Well the, with the promise
2: of a million dollar donation, the university budgeted and spent it. Oh jeez. Oh, and uh, so and he, course, and he
1: spent five grand of his own money. Yeah, maybe this uh, the, the, the chancellor of this university should have gone to the university first. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, um, yeah. I've never, I haven't met him or spoken with him, but uh, he's he's basically gone on the down low. I think since this whole thing happened. Yeah, he's but,
0: kind of uh, embarrassed.
2: I would probably too. But uh, anyhow, so so uh, in the middle of a session, the middle of term, the students go to school, the doors are locked, the university has lost its accreditation, and after thirty something years, the uh, the university is now closed. For good and still is.
0: Now this is a tragic story. Meanwhile, you got a dead guy and another guy they tried to kill, and mm-hmm. a guy in a Mexican prison, and a guy who's innocent in a Mexican prison who dies. These are real scumbags.
2: Yep, yep, yep. Uh, this is uh, this is a group of three guys. I mean, this is this is David Replogle, the lawyer, Danny Garcia. Uh, you know, we kind of call him the cherub. He just has this big big smile that everybody loves. And then you've got the Nepalese prince, and I mean Kushal, this guy. He travels, not in one town car, but he travels in three town
0: cars. <laughs> <laughs> and a leg in one, a torso in <laughs> <and> the other. <laughs> he, How does this work?
2: He picks one to ride in, and they, and they all go in, and they, they, they pull into... He would he would stay at the the Four Seasons in San Francisco on Market Street, and they would go into the back celebrity entrance, and when he would enter from there, the staff and everybody greeted him as your highness. So whoever <laughs> he was with... I mean, uh, you know, when you walk into uh, the Four Seasons and you're staying in the penthouse and everybody there calls you your highness, you're pretty much going to believe this guy is actually a prince. I, so, I've,
1: I've stayed there and I was only called, they just come up to you and go, you're high. <laughs> yeah, you <know, laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'll, yeah. I'll get over it.
2: Well, they shouldn't put those mirrored tables down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, so, so, but you got, let's go rewind the story again for a second. You got your money back, right?
2: I did get my money back, so I was I was pretty much made whole. I mean, he had done some damage to my car, and you know, whatever. Um, but I was pissed. Um,
0: well, that's the moral. I mean, you didn't just let this go. You stayed yeah, on it. Like you're, a you're, still, you're still on it for crying out loud.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I, I would go to where they you know, when I find out where they were living. I mean, I'd I'd go to Sacramento or I'd go back up to San Francisco, and I would I would put posters up. I had little posters with them, and I'd purposely misspell Kushal's name so that they wouldn't know it was me. And, uh, uh, yeah, so I wreaked havoc on them for for a couple of years. Well, we'll uh, find
0: out how they finally got their comeuppance and the rude letters they write you from prison. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Right after we take the 60-second break, we'll be right back with Tyson Rich. The book is called Until Someone Gets Hurt. We'll be right back. 1982, Oregon businessman Phil Champagne dies in a tragic boating accident off Lopez Island. He is survived by one ex-wife... Four adult children, an octogenarian mother, and two despondent brothers. Phil didn't know he was dead until he read it in the newspaper. All things considered, he took it rather well. Ten years later, 1992, Washington State restaurateur Harold Stegman, famous for his thick, juicy steaks, is arrested by the United States Secret Service for printing counterfeit $100 bills in a tiny shed in Idaho. In addition to the bogus bills, Stegman has a fraudulently obtained United States passport. A fabricated Cayman Islands driver's license and Phil Champagne's fingerprints. Aha! A story of fraud, deception, trickery lies, and fine prime rib. Man Overboard, the counterfeit resurrection of Phil Champagne. The 20th anniversary special edition. Coming soon by author Burl Bear. And you can win your very own free copy by listening to this dynamic radio broadcast. Keep listening for more details. Hi, I am the legendary Burl Bear, and I'm glad you're listening for more details. The 20th anniversary edition of Man Overboard, Counterfeit Resurrection of Phil Champagne, comes in 2014, on the anniversary of it being nominated, Best True Crime Book by the World Mystery Convention. It's got also some new crazy bonus material in it, exclusive stuff the United States Secret Service, a new interview with Phil Champagne, and a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, While you're at it, pick up my other true crime books, uh, like Body Count, True Story of the Spokane, serial killer and headshot two and a half psychopaths three trials and a judge that goes this is giving me Excedrin headache number 830 and storms out of the courtroom yes it's all true it's all crime it's all true crime by Burl Bear your favorite author also known as Uncle Crazy here on Outlaw Radio back to true crime Uncensored. Yeah. With Burl Bear and Howard Lapidus. Yeah, Mark's not here today because he's sick. Featuring Mark C. G. Boyer. And the lady with the big boobs isn't here either. And sometimes Marie Mackey Esquire. Never never done the show. Oh, she has to. Produced by Magic Matthew Matthew Allen. In the booth right now. That's right. What a genius. And he's also known as Mr. Zimmerman. in cigar. turn is produced by Lori Downey Jr. She's tall, lithe, and lovely. <laughs> and now. And now. <clears throat> Back to True Grandma's answer. Tyson Ranch, uh, what a very loquacious and well-spoken individual who is on uh, the way I hate to date the show, but he's uh, on the show. Uh, what's it called again? Forbidden. For Blungent. On uh, Investigation Discovery, where they're doing the Prince of Cherkessy or whatever. <laughs> Prince of <laughs> Darkness. Well, we have to kind of date the show, but I don't want to either. Yeah, but, uh, so anyway, so look for "Forbidden" uh, with uh, the Prince of Darkness episode, and that's the one where they tell this story. If you're not listening to this show, <laughs> you don't hear a word we say. <laughs> Saturday,
1: okay? If it's not Saturday where you are, and it's not Saturday in early October where you are. Then forget what I'm about to say. But tomorrow,
0: <laughs> just go look it up, uh, download it, or something. Download um, what's the name? Of the Forbidden. Name? Forbidden. And uh, it's on Discovery ID, which is now becoming my favorite network. Mine too. Yep. Yeah, I'm on lots of shows this year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. 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 We like that. Anyway, so back to the story. These guys ripped you off have ripped other people off. and even though you got your money back, you're not about to let these scumbags get away with anything more if you can help it. You're on a mission.
2: I am, yes, I was definitely on a mission, and it was, it was a two-year mission, so uh, most, most people are questioning my religious background.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were a Mormon never me. <laughs> so are you go after these guys.
2: Yeah, there's uh uh and again it was uh the the frustration was just not getting anywhere. Um but other victims they just didn't want to talk. A lot of people were embarrassed that they had gotten gotten taken, but there were there were some and and uh again like I was saying I I found that uh that a uh, case of of the uh, uh newspaper article where somebody had described Kushal and and uh, uh I, I called so what I did was I, I I posted my own sort of response to that and there's a website out there called missing dot org and I had posted on there I created this uh uh fake uh screen name called Stop the Cons and I had posted uh the response that said, Hey the, the the people you're looking for are Danny Garcia, Kushal Narula, and David Replogle. And um, about five minutes later, I got an email uh, that somebody had responded, and somebody had actually posted a mugshot of Kushal from a a jewelry heist that had happened that, that he had gotten busted for. And um, so five minutes, well, so then I send that link out to a bunch of people, and um, about an hour later, I get a call from uh, some people that say, hey, there's nothing at that link. What are you talking about? And sure enough, I go back, and my post and the, the mugshot post are gone. Hmm. And I've never seen, I mean, I've seen some of uh, these, I've seen places say the editor deleted for improper use, but I've never seen it disappear. Well, fortunately, I had a screenshot from Google Cash.
0: Ah, smart. And,
2: so then I, I did a screenshot of that and I sent that out to everybody and I contacted the help find the missing folks and they had said that they had just received the the strongest legal threat that not only threatened to, to sue them but to shut down the whole site with all eight thousand missing people. Well one of these one of
1: these guys is a lawyer. You've got, it. Yeah.
2: You've got it. Put two and two together right yep. there. So the next phone call was to the Palm Springs Police Department. And uh, there, I talked to a uh, detective Browning, uh, who said, "You need you need to come in."
1: Why why, why why them now? Help me out. Why? Uh, because
2: the, the man who went missing was in Palm Springs. Okay, got it. Yep, yep. So the man who went missing was in Palm Springs, and and uh, so they asked me to come in, and I brought everything. I put everything that they had left in my house in my car, and I dragged it into their lobby. And I you know I don't know much about." Uh, CSI stuff other than you know what 's on TV which is all fake anyway, but
0: uh, that was
1: coming, uh, <laughs> come 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I said you know i 'm sure there 's hair and all kinds of fun stuff in here have at it. And um, spent a couple hours with them in, in the white room with the cameras and the good cop bad cop routine. And, and um, but I had my police reports. I had uh, everything. Um, all the all the, the things. I, I eventually got a police report from the, uh, the the man who said that yeah he saw an, an ID. So now I had a, a proof. And finally, I got a police report that this had happened but other than that um i so i had that i had uh uh, all of their their uh, other i had some victims but what i didn't know was in my pile of stuff was so much valuable information and other victims and those detectives went to town i mean palm springs detectives and the palm springs district attorney literally went to town on them and i got a call a week later that um thanked me that they had arrested everybody except for danny danny was missing and they asked me if i knew where he might be and i i'm like oh gosh you know he's probably in mexico by now and so they said <laughs> they said no actually we're we've got uh, uh, some some um... Bank statements that, that say he's in Sacramento. And that reminded me of I knew he had this douchebag friend who was a hacker uh, who lived there. And I, and I gave them his name and I said, You know, I don't know where he lives, but you guys have the tools. Go find him. And a couple days later, I got the fantastic phone call that said, Thanks, we got him. Ah. <laughs> so that was my giant middle finger moment. And-
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so they prosecute these guys for murder?
2: Yeah, well, they, they had been, at this point it was a missing person case, but now they had enough evidence to, to show that there had been a murder, especially when they found Danny. He was hiding, fetal position, behind a water heater in this house.
0: That doesn't look good.
2: Um, it, well, especially when you tell him that you get better cell phone reception in there.
0: <laughs> that was his excuse? That was his excuse, yeah. <laughs>
1: Let me ask you something, uh, uh, Tyson. These guys, pretty bright guys. Extremely. Had they, uh, I'd ask this a lot, but uh, if they had taken their collective knowledge, ability, charm, wit, panache, do I have any more?
0: Savoir faire.
1: Savoir faire, and placed it towards something legal. Legal? Right. They,
2: if they had they, used their powers for good,
1: they would have done extra, extraordinarily well, and there would still be more people on the planet.
2: Uh, exactly. Exactly. They would have been superstar. Uh, you know, professional executives, um, so no well, doubt about and
1: some it. of those guys are yeah, should be pretty yeah, should be put away too, but, too yeah. but 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 you've got you know why 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 do they choose this path? they think it 's easier?
2: it was much easier, you know, Danny had never had a job. Kushal came here looking for he came to America looking for the 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 lifestyles of the rich and famous life. Um, you know, and, and David Rappelgill blows me away. He was a 60-something-year-old lawyer. I mean, he should have retired, but he got greedy. Uh, he saw this money from, from uh, Thomas White. Thomas White had over $100 million, and they were after it. And that—that's you know sometimes you know I guess it's like gambling. The lure you
0: know, you, you of easy money. <laughs> if they <laughs> went know?
2: to
1: Thomas White and said, "Give us ten million, we'll make sure you don't you don't spend the next <laughs> the rest of your life in a Mexican jail." Yep. yep Thomas yep. would have written the check.
2: Yeah, you know you get uh, you get two blackjacks, and and the next thing you know, you're doubling up, and that's where you get busted. So uh, yeah, so they had um, uh, the, the three of them. Uh, had just uh, there, there's 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 so much to this They when they when they got busted of course um fortunately they were they were arrested on just under 90 days in the uh for the t- from the time of the murder and um their cell phone records were subpoenaed and between the three of them there were over 31,000 text messages that they had sent to each other um before- it sounds like my daughter Before, during, and after the murder, they had been, and they'd been trying to be clever. They used code words. They called it Operation CL for Cliff Lambert. Um, That was smart. As as Craigslist CL again, and uh, the the text messages. What a lot of people don't know is, well, we all know that your text messages are recorded. So you know, all those uh, Anthony Weiner pictures and things like that are, are, are recorded and saved on a server somewhere. And uh, But what else is recorded is your geographical location. So the, the district attorney um, was able to put together a map of their movements before, during, and after the murder. Uh, and that's what really helped sink them, was um, uh, they were able to show where they were and their back-and-forth action from the house. And, and even David Ruppel, the, the the smart lawyer who claimed he was never in Palm Springs, uh, he had taken a trip down to Burbank, and uh, the investigators uh, found his rental car and, and discovered that not only had his rental car had enough miles on it to drive from Burbank to the Riviera Hotel in Palm Springs, but he had also received a voicemail, or sorry, he'd received a text message uh, while he was at the Riviera, and he was there meeting Kushal. And Kushal, again, being this prince, just threw money around. So when detectives went to the Riviera, they found the waitress who had helped him, and she remembered them specifically, visually, because they had left her a one hundred dollar tip on like a forty dollar bill. So you don't forget that kind of oh stuff. no, so, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um you know so you, so so she absolutely uh verified that he was there um and, and the, the card the, the house of cards just began to fall for them um but what is probably the most disturbing is that uh, Kushal and Danny represented themselves as their own attorneys Oh, big trial. mistake uh well you would think it's a big mistake but California gave them over a million dollars to help them defend themselves. <laughs> they got Starbucks delivered in court every day. Because they weren't getting enough sleep in jail and they needed to be awake. Yeah. Well they know how to the,
0: work everybody, didn't they?
2: Yeah, the jail computers were just too slow. So they got each got brand new MacBook Pros.
0: They we gotta get arrested getting... hours. <laughs> <laughs> I can't um, even get arrested. No.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's just insane. They had investigators that they could send all over the world to go find Cliff because Cliff was still alive. Oh, of course. And yeah, so, you know, there's a, there's a few investigators who got a nice free ride. And, um, uh, yeah, but ultimately, oh, that was another fun thing, was they sued the district attorney civilly for, I think it was $240 million, for violating their civil rights. So... Um, uh, so Lisa has to not only fight these guys and prosecute them in court, but the but the poor thing has to defend herself, because you get two privileged phone calls in jail. One is between you and your lawyer, and one is between you and your spiritual guide. So um, Danny's mother, mm. Angela, went somehow and got her reverendship.
0: This is I insane. Know. This is insane.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it gets better. So <laughs> that's that's why when people said to me, "What, what made you want to write a book?" and <laughs> and, and I'm like, you know, because I would tell this story at a dinner, and then two weeks later, the same people at the dinner would say, "Tell it again." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so she went and got her reverendship, and um, uh, she called Danny in jail, and the and the, the, the call was listened to. Um, Now, of course, when the case went to trial and the DA had to get her own lawyer, um, the judge, you know, they pointed out that when you make a call in jail and you're a lawyer or a spiritual guide, you know that there is a code that you punch in that stops the recording. And the judge basically said, Mr. Garcia, if you were a real lawyer, you would have known this, and ignorance is no excuse, so this case is dismissed. Uh. But nonetheless, this is time that is taken away from, from our... You know, our government officials who are working in our behalf uh, to put these guys away, and she's now got to worry about her own personal finances.
1: You know, we're coming up on a, a time where I have to pay some state tax. <laughs> <laughs> and you got me thinking here, uh, Tyson, I don't want to pay. <laughs> I'm not paying yeah, for this.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure they're not going to cash the check for a while. They're still shut down. I
0: guess. <laughs> is the state shut down or the, oh, shut no, down? It's, geez, the they're, country? Oh no, that's. They're not going to. Yeah, no, they're not. Well, now, for... I want. I want. Being is we're, we're going to get up on a time crunch here. They convict <laughs> these guys for murder, don't they?
2: Finally, yes, they do get convicted. Murder one plus ten circumstances, and for those not in California, um, murder one with one circumstance gets to the death penalty. Um it is it is i've never seen a murder one with ten circumstances they literally the jury was just incensed with with this and 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 everything uh... their, their, their obnoxiousness in the courtroom and it was it was just a circus
0: so these guys are on death row uh,
2: well unfortunately they never found the body and as a result from that, in California, you can't do the death penalty. So, so they, they get
0: life in prison?
2: They get life without. So Charles Manson gets a parole hearing every now and then. But these guys don't even get that.
0: Now, now these guys, now this is very important. They've been convicted of first-degree murder with 10, uh, whatever you call them. They're never getting out. And you get a rude letter.
2: Oh, well, not only do, do we get a rude letter, but Barnes & Noble, Amazon... They get a, uh, a fun letter uh, that says, and uh, this is from, from Danny Garcia in the California Correctional Institute in Tehachapi, you know, level four security, um, that, uh, that this book contains libel and that it is, quote unquote, a hit piece.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that they should stop selling the book.
2: Um, and, th- yeah, that they demanded that they, uh, that they uh, stop, they immediately cease publishing, distributing, and promoting the work. Or he will file suit in federal district court seeking in additional to compensatory damages, punitive damages, for their knowing violation of federal copyright law and California libel law.
0: The guy's full of crap.
2: Uh, pretty much, he's got nothing else to do. But um, uh, you know, the the thing with libel is that you have to have you have to be able to show damages. You have to be able to show that you know if, if I if I said something fun about Burl and your radio show got canceled. Well, then you know then you've got a good libel claim. But um, the only the only damages that Danny could. Determine is that that he's maybe maybe now he's more of a disliked murderer. <laughs> yes.
0: So I mean, Barnes and Noble didn't pay any attention to this, did they?
2: oh Of course they did. In fact, they actually pulled the book. They didn't even tell us. We got no warning. We got no hey, what's this? They pulled the book, and in, in domino effect, Amazon pulled the book from Amazon, Kindle pulled the book and create space everybody who everybody who had anything to do with this book the book was now pulled and we were nine days away from the TV show coming out
0: so what happened?
2: so so get this apparently Amazon and, and all those folks don't get involved in third party disputes so we had to resolve it amongst ourselves so I had to uh, send a letter that basically said are you um kidding me with a little word in between, (laughs) I said, this is coming to you from a convicted murderer. I mean, in his libel claims, he claims that we we committed libel by saying that he was engaged in a conspiracy to murder Cliff Lambert. I'm sorry, weren't you convicted of that? (laughs) Um... Just, in, just insanity. But uh, through some, uh, through some, 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 letter wrangling and some uh, smart moves on on uh, our part and our team. Uh, the book is back, and, and actually the paperback will be available back on Amazon on Tuesday. But we shot up uh, last night after the show. We shot up to number 44 on Amazon. So hey. there's a double metal finger for you. Anyway.
0: Yeah, take that, you convicted murderer. Tyson, <laughs> nice talking with you again. Absolutely a, a delight, a joy to have you on the show. The book is called Until Someone Gets Hurt. And uh, great book, incredible story. And we'll be watching the TV version. And thanks a lot for being on the show again.
2: Now i got to answer all my texts from everybody who's listening. Yeah, all
0: all 12. Good. (laughs) Have fun. Guess what's happening next. Oh, do you think it's going to be Magic Matt Allen, the genius of decadence? (laughs) Including you and me. You and I. I think so. You know it's not easy being a living legend. I'm under more pressure than an astronaut.